Welcome to Business Line's State of the Economy podcast, where you'll find insight, analysis, and the story behind the numbers. Namaskar. My name is Shishir, and I write on micro and macro economy from New Delhi. Welcome to the new episode of State of Economy, and I am joined with Rajni Sina, Chief Economist of Care. Rajni, we saw a number of data on May one GST collection at all time high. We saw almost most of the passenger vehicles sell. Uh, most of the companies reported double digit growth then we saw record number of people flying on uh, domestic sector then uh, another numbers were about the pmi manufacturing we saw a four month high if i asked you about the gst collection rupees 1.87 lakh crore which is all time high of course there are three elements which are always given as a reason for high collection one is of course the compliance the second one is of course the consumption and the third one is always uh, said as that the recovery in the economy if i ask you what are the key factors which have contributed in rupees 1.87 lakh crore these three factors or any other factor which you think um hi shishir happy to be a part of this show so like you very rightly pointed out we have been getting very good economic indicators high frequency economic indicators now talking specifically about gst yes the gst number has been very good so one thing i'll highlight uh, before i go into the details of this number is that in the month of march and april generally we do see higher number we do see an uptick sequentially so that is also something uh, that has contributed to this rise but having said that overall if you see not just the last month data but overall the gst collection has been pretty robust for the last uh, 13 14 months and it's a combination of the factors that you just pointed out uh, better compliance pick up in the economy we are seeing a recovery in domestic demand there's still a lot of pent up demand so it's a combination of these factors which has resulted in high gst collection domestic demand is still pretty strong though you they we have we are anticipating that eventually over a longer period of time in the next few quarters we will see some uh, of the pent up demand waning but so far we are not seeing that so i would say it's strong domestic demand which is contributing to this and along with that yes prices have also been high so that has also contributed to uh, the gst collection being high one trend which we have observed that all the high end products are being sold in a large quantity and since we know that the gst rate and some of the products are also attracting sales do you think that when we talk about the gst collection uh, the demand for high end products are much higher and the demand for the entry level or what we call as the mass product is slightly on the lower side do you agree with this kind of assumption yes most probably that's what something which would be um, happening because we are seeing that in all the sectors you talk about consumer durables uh, or specifically auto sales we are seeing that high end segment is doing relatively better than the mid price or the low price segment and this is something which we have been observing it in fact in the last one year that post the pandemic the recovery that has been happening it's broadly what we have been calling as the k shaped recovery it's one income category which is doing very well uh, the demand from that category is pretty strong and hence uh, the premium segment is doing very well and that would also have contributed to this high gst collection so yes i agree with this uh, assumption 
Okay. Now, when we when you talk about the K-shape recovery, that means when we talk about high growth or when we talk about high GDP number, that means inclusiveness in that number is missing. So that is one thing which we should be worried about. Uh, yes, we should be worried about it. But I think uh, given the situation in which we are currently, all the economic uncertainty, not just in India, but globally what we are going through, I think uh, first it's a respite that growth is happening, domestic demand is strong, though I agree that it is concerning that it's the higher end uh, segment which is doing relatively better. But even if we look at the lower uh, segment, the lower income category, demand originating from there, uh, it is showing slight improvement. To give you an example, um, if, uh, if we look at RBI um, household survey on household spending, so if we look at that, that gives a reflection of broad reflection of, you know, what's happening, not just at the premium segment, but also at the mass segment. And there what we were seeing is that the masses were mainly spending on essential items. When it came to non-essential items, the consumer spending was, uh, in fact, contracting. But in the last few months, what we are seeing now is that the spending on uh, non-essential items is also picking up. So I think the lower income category is also slowly getting more confident about economic recovery. And eventually, going forward, we should, we are likely to see a pickup in demand from that segment also. But so far, yes, what you said is correct, that it's the higher segment, it's the premium segment, which is driving India's economic growth. And that is a little worrying. Uh, now, coming to the demand component, when we talk about the overall demand, of course, the urban demand is picking up, but the rural demand is not seeing that kind of growth. Uh, how do you read this number or what do you have to say on this? So, yes, this is also kind of, you know, reflection of the K-shaped recovery that we spoke about. So, in terms of rural-urban divide also, we are seeing that. So, one big reason for uh, consumption, you know, um, not picking up as strongly as we would have liked it to, has been high inflation in Indian economy, uh, which had been making uh, consumers more cautious and wary of their spending. Uh, and that's also reason, and inflation was, CPI inflation was higher in rural area than urban area. And that was having a strong bearing on uh, rural demand. Uh, but going forward with the expectation that inflation is going to moderate, we are likely to see an improvement in rural demand. There are some signs of that uh, already happening. If you look at the um, corporate results of the FMCG companies uh, in the for the last quarter that has been coming up, the FMCG companies are highlighting that while rural demand is still weak compared to the urban demand, but it has started improving. On volume basis, they are seeing an improvement in rural demand compared to what it was, say, two quarters back. So it is improving, but yes, it's still lower than urban demand. Okay, now coming to the inflation, uh, we we have seen that inflation has come down from the what we call as the upper tolerance level of 6%. Now it is 5.7%. The other thing which is giving some kind of worry uh, on the inflation front is one, unseasonal rain. Another one is the OPEC plus production cut thing. And the third one is, of course, the geopolitical situation. Now, the next number, next inflation number will be out on 12th of this month. How do you read that number? What kind of projection you have? So, uh, Shishir, we are expecting that inflation is going to go down further from these levels, at least in the next few months. 
And one big reason for that is the base effect. So broadly in the first quarter of uh, this year, fiscal year, we are expecting inflation to fall to around 4.8%. And I, as I said, base effect will have a big role to play here. Um, but otherwise, the big concern would be, you know, what happens in terms of monsoon. That's something which is concerning at this point in time, especially because food inflation had a big role to play in our overall inflation. So food inflation has contributed more than 40% in the last few months, if I see. Cereal inflation is very high. Milk inflation is very high. The last data point that we had for inflation, we did see cereal inflation going down a little bit, but it's still high at around 15% or so. Uh, like I said, milk inflation is very high. So in the given situation, what is concerning is a food inflation has a strong bearing on inflationary expectations which in turn can further push up core inflation. So we wouldn't want food inflation to again start flaring up. And that is where the concern is that if the monsoon doesn't turn out to be normal, which is a concern right now with this whole um, projection of El Nino, that would be concerning. So I would be most concerned about, you know, the impact of monsoon and also on, you know, what you spoke about, uh, crude oil prices uh, going up or any other commodity prices. Broadly, I would say when I speak about global commodity prices, right now, unless there is any further uh, supply side constraint, I feel that it wouldn't be a big concern uh, because overall, we are likely to see global demand going down. And that would kind of, you know, put a cap on uh, uh, global commodity prices. But as far as domestic um, food prices are concerned, I think there is a risk of uh, El Nino and impact of that on uh, monsoon in India. One important factor which gets normally very little space uh, in newspapers, especially when we talk about inflation, that is the milk inflation. Nowadays, we are discussing about milk inflation in, in slightly uh, explanatory way, but still it is not getting that space. Uh, what kind of concern you see? Because people are saying that if we think about uh, the fodder, if we think about the other inputs or the other raw materials for the milk that is not giving any kind of comfort uh, and milk is also important from uh, from various other sectors like when we talk about ice cream or when we talk about the uh, chocolates or the other products so how do you see the milk inflation panning out at this moment so uh, milk inflation will be a concern going forward Overall, you know, we don't hear much about milk inflation because the weightage of that on CPI inflation is not very high. But like you said, it has indirect impact because it will impact other food products, milk inflation going up. Uh, and the, you know, other components of uh, food inflation is quite interlinked. So if the cereal inflation is high, it would have an impact on uh, uh, you know, the feedstock prices and it would have an impact on milk inflation. So overall, food in inflation is interlinked. And I would say milk inflation does have an important role to play because as I mentioned earlier, the food items, specifically, you know, items like cereals, um, vegetables, uh, milk, they have a strong bearing on uh, household inflationary expectations. So it's not just the direct impact on uh, inflation. I'm also concerned about the impact it will have on household inflationary expectations. Right now, if we look at that data on household inflationary expectations, it has been going down. 
But if we see a flare-up, further flare-up in vegetable prices, or if uh, uh, milk inflation remains high, it would have a bearing on household inflationary expectations also. Uh, now, coming to the WPI versus CPI, there's always a debate between these two indicators. We have seen WPI is going down much faster than the CPI. Uh, do you see that the impact of uh, down in a WPI will have impact on CPI also, apart from the base effect which you mentioned, and apart from some other factors which are going to help in bringing down the CPI? Do you also see that the impact of WPI on CPI in, say, next three to six months? So uh, WPI inflation, the fall is in fact likely to be sharper than uh, what we are going to see in CPI inflation. A CPI inflation overall, we are expecting average of around 5.1%, uh, uh, broadly similar to what the RBI's expectation is. RBI is talking about average of 5.2%. Whereas if we look at uh, WPI inflation, we are expecting the average to fall below 4%. So uh, WPI, the fall is going to be more. And the main reason for that is that CPI inflation has a large component of uh, food and food will continue to remain a cause of concern. But overall, uh, like you mentioned, with WPI inflation going down, that would have a moderating impact on CPI inflation also going forward. So apart from base effect, the fact that WPI inflation is likely to go down uh, further uh, the fact that, you know, overall, uh, the monetary policy, the rate hikes that have happened so far, that will also with the lag start having an impact on inflation. The fact that we are expecting some moderation in domestic demand also going forward as there is some waning of pent up demand. So all these factors should also contribute to CPI inflation going down in the months to come. Okay. Uh, now, when we when we talk about CPI, the ideally uh, RBI would look for four percent median rate. I mean, that's the normal thing which they always wish, but it is always a wish. It cannot be fulfilled given the consideration what we have, what we are facing. Now, when the Federal Reserve is going to increase the rate, and we are expecting that the MPC in India will go for pause at least for one or two more cycle, and then it can it can think of uh, raising the rate. Do you think that the Federal Reserve rate hike will have a larger impact on the Indian economy than the MPC going for pause? So as far as MPC's decision is concerned, I think while MPC would obviously be watching very closely what's happening globally and what's the decision taken by Fed, but broadly, market has factored in that there will be more rate hikes by Fed, uh, whereas the, uh, the central bank here has very clearly indicated, reiterated that they would be focusing on domestic inflation situation. And as long as that is manageable, they will make their decision independent of you know the decision taken by Fed. So I think what RBI will be closely monitoring is the uh, is the growth and inflation dynamics in here in Indian economy and less so by, you know, what the decision taken by Fed. Because what has happened is that uh, uh, over here now, there are concerns on the growth front. We are concerned while, you know, the high frequency economic indicators, which you spoke about initially, they are looking good. But there are concerns that if the global economy is slowing, that will have an impact on Indian economy. And moreover, there are a lot of uncertainties. Uh, uncertainties around global commodity prices, around uh, of the monsoon situation here. So in this given situation, RBI would be cautious on 
where you know they don't overshoot in terms of rate hikes because the real rate of interest in india is already high compared to what we are seeing globally so in that situation the focus will be here on growth and inflation dynamics and in fact on the you know if you look at the external sector front there is some reprieve for india at this point in time because even while exports have you know are not looking good exports are contracting if you look at the last few months data but uh, if you look at the trade deficit data the trade deficit is narrowing the expect the cad has narrowed the expectation is that cad is likely to narrow to we are expecting uh, in fi 23 we are expecting cad at around 2.1% and if you remember just few months back we were all talking about cad to gdp ratio at around 3.5% or so but the situation has turned quite favorable with very strong growth in service sector exports and strong remittances that we have been seeing and in fact for fi24 we are expecting cad to fall even further to around 1.6% so on the if you see the external situation is the vulnerability of indian economy is relatively less uh forex reserves are at good levels even when while you know we are seeing fii outflows fdi inflows have reduced but still uh you know cad is likely to reduce forex reserves are at a healthy level overall external vulnerability has reduced with cad reducing so in that sense rbi has got some more room to focus on the domestic uh, parameters at this point in time Rajni my final question to you uh, what kind of projection you have for FY24 so the gdp number we are expecting quarterly number at around uh, 7.8% or so and uh, so overall if you look at uh, india's growth story what we are expecting is that consumption is likely to continue improving investment now if i look at the pillar of investment again it is being mainly led by government investment a uh, private investment is still not picking up though we are seeing some signs of that uh, but the signs are pretty feeble still and it's surprising because the capacity utilization levels for the manufacturing sector is high and in the given situation we should see a stronger pickup in private capex than what we are actually seeing uh, in if we look at the data some of the parameters that we track for investment what we are seeing is that the intent to invest by the private sector is uh, showing strong jump in the fourth quarter of uh, fi23 but if you go deeper into the data you see that and before i go into the sectoral breakup of intent to invest it's important to note that the intent to invest is showing a very strong participation from the private sector which is a positive but if you go deeper into the data what you see is that it's very skewed it's just you know transport services sector because of which there's this big jump in intent to invest in the fourth quarter but otherwise the manufacturing sector is still not showing a very strong intent to invest the private sector which is concerning on the investment front and then again uh, as i mentioned on the external sector front we are expecting that this whole slowdown uh, globally will have an impact on indian economy overall we are expecting exports to contract by around 5% or so in fi24 so in the given situation what we broadly expect is that we are going to see the growth momentum coming mainly from consumption domestic consumption demand and if this momentum is sustained then we will see some further pickup in private capex 
which has not happened so far. Uh, external sector, external sector demand will remain concerning. But again, here the positive aspect is that we are expecting the service sector exports to remain uh, pretty healthy, which we have seen from the last few data points. And we expect that trend to continue in FI24. So broadly, for the full year, we are expecting GDP growth at around 6.1%. Uh, so we are less optimistic than the projection given by RBI. But still, we are more optimistic than many other projections in the market, which are talking about less than 6% GDP growth for FI24. Thank you very much, Rajmi, for talking to us. Thank you.